right, well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to be with you. I hope you guys are doing well. You guys are smiling at me. This is nice. I, I notice these things because when you're teaching and people are just kind of staring at you blankly, it's, you have to like just keep, up, you have to keep it up. Like, I don't know if they're loving this or hating this, but here I am, and I'm going to keep going. But you're smiling this morning. It's so, it's so good to have you guys smiling. For those of you who are joining us online, I hope you are smiling as well from wherever you are watching and hope you're doing well. It is good to be with you uh, through your TV screen or your computer, whatever device you're choosing to watch us on today. Um, I got a great letter this last week, um, and it was perfect timing because we're in our series, Mine. We're talking about generosity, talking about how we hold on to stuff and how to be uh, more generous with our lives. And I got, a, I, I got a, um, a card, and this was from one of the teachers at Scioto Ridge. If you remember over this summer, we collected uh, supplies for the teachers. We were able to go and drop, we had like three tables full of, of supplies that you as a church, you brought together this summer. And I got this, this letter, so I, so I just wanted to read it for you. This is great, it came in like Tuesday or Wednesday. It says, Dear Members of Press Church, Thank you so much for collecting school supplies for our school. I so appreciate your generosity and kindness. You are all givers of joy. Be well. And this is from the first grade teacher over at Soda Ridge. You did that. You guys were a part of that. Uh, and I think this is perfect as we are uh, in this series. Hold on. There we go. As we are in the series talking about generosity, here you go. You see the fruits of generosity firsthand. You see somebody's life that was blessed because you gave. Someone's life that was, was joy was brought to them because of uh, the way that you guys interacted and the ways that you guys came together. And so thank you. Seriously, thank you. That's, uh, that's awesome. And it's, it's a great way uh, to start off our service today as we are talking about being generous and letting go. Um, I, I shared with the team this, this month the month even leading up to this and even now in this series, I, it's funny because if you ask me, I, I enjoy talking about generosity, but I also like, I know that I'm like inches away from just offending somebody every week because we're talking about money and giving. And so, you know, I'm like most people, I, I, I enjoy like people liking me, you know? It's not like I, I don't want to be disliked. Um, I think that's a pretty n normal thing, right? Um, I guess there's some people out there who just like to push everybody's buttons, but... Um, but I know that with a series like this, there's always room um, for stuff to come out. When I say stuff to come out, like there's, there's room for past issues of the way pastors have talked about money or there's, there's ideas of what you think, you know, it's like, oh, here you go. We're in a church talking about money again. And, and so obviously that, that, gives me, that gives me pause or makes me really think through. I'm like, okay, I know this is important. I know we have to talk about this, and we have to address these things because, and I think it, it shows, the reason we need to talk about it is because of how much emotional reaction we have to it. It points out uh, some things in, in ourselves that, that we don't usually like to, to talk about, and that's that, that we, we usually trust money more than we trust God. We trust our efforts more than we trust God. God, we trust our stuff, we trust our things, the things that we have, mine, and that's where our trust is. And so we have to talk about this. It's just, it, we just have to talk about it. And so I think you guys have been doing great. We've gotten through two weeks. Here we are, week number three, talking about mine. So let's jump into the video this week. If you are new with us every week, the pastors, myself, Pastor CR, Pastor Jason, we hop in the car, we put on some, some GoPros, and we talk about the message. So let's hop in.
wonder if sometimes we've maybe they're just things in our mind, but we we just we limit our generosity out of safety, not out of <laughs> yeah. joy. The question is, what part of your finances are you putting the governor on? Well, yeah, what, what part of your finances are you yeah. putting the limiter on? Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> like true. I need my Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you just quit going to Starbucks. What that could do. I mean, we all know that feeling, though. Right. Have you guys seen the the, the Morgan Freeman? They're like meme jokes that are out. It's basically it's all about like somebody says they want to do something, yeah, and then it's a, a Morgan Freeman narration that says, <laughs> "But they didn't do that." <laughs> I will be more responsible with money, obedient to God, and more sacrificial for supporting the church. But he would not be responsible and obedient with his finances. In fact, he hit Starbucks for a $20 drink and then bought a boat. <laughs> it goes back to the first week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have, we have things that we want to do or things that we say we want to do. Right, right. But what we actually <laughs> we do. Actually, yeah. I think uh, we do a lot of that with the church. <laughs> a, a lot of times our intentions are good, right? Yeah. But it's like uh, you can hear the Morgan Freeman narration <laughs> in our actions. Yeah. Ouch. Well, I think that's the thing is our, our, our people, our community is willing to wrestle with, with topics that maybe get a little personal. Right. Mm. Because they're, they're, they know we're not trying to extort or, you know, squeeze anything out of them. We really just want to see our community of people wrestle through all of the issues that are in their life at any given time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just what it is to follow Jesus. Yes. And so this is the topic at hand. And yeah, it's exciting to see what happens when you begin to wrestle with stuff and what's mine and what's God's mm-hmm. and yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Well, and I think the interesting thing in, in that is how, how those struggles uh, change throughout throughout your faith journey um because it's like i've i've been giving to the church for a long time um so my my struggles with giving to the church have looked different over the i remember you know in in high school i I was fortunate to have parents who taught me about generosity and giving but i my mom would actually keep track like she she saw you know we had a joint bank account so she would see when i would get paid and she would actually see when I would write checks. So she would knew. She's like, you actually haven't written a check to the church in three months. So it's like three months of tithes for a yeah. you know, 16-year-old, 18-year-old. It's like, that that hurts. You know what I mean? So like, that was the pain that I felt when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it's the, the pain is maybe different. It's like, it's the wrestling with my motives. Are, are my motives pure in this? Um, are not, you doing it just because that's what you were told to do when yeah, you were a kid? Yeah, well, are you still I'm, trying to make your I'm a pastor right. now. Of course I have to give money. If the <laughs> church found out I wasn't giving money to my own, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and so you, it's like you just, you have, I don't know, there's there's nuances that change throughout your life and in, in how you deal with money and how you deal with being generous. We all come from a, a different background and perspective. You know, I was not raised in going to church and my family did not instill this idea of generosity towards the church um, in, in me. But th- my perspective being different on that was um, I embraced the church because it became my family. Mm. I didn't have the kind of family structure that a lot of other people have. And there was a lot of 
challenges. Let's just put it nicely. There were challenges in my my family, and uh, the church was a refuge for me. You know, and I recognize that. And as critical as I can be about the church is because I love the church and I want it to be better. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the reality is, is it meant a lot to me, and it, it still means a lot to me. And I see the good that the collective community of the church does, yeah. and and the the local church is very powerful mm-hmm. in that it can impact people's lives in ways that you're not going to understand for decades to right. come. Yeah, you'll you may never even see. I was about to say you don't see you don't see half yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, you know, I would say in both applauding those who have supported press and those who are beginning to support press to say hey you you are making a difference yeah. and things are happening in our community and i promise you there are going to be stories that don't unfold for yeah. 10 20 years right. that happen yeah, in this community of, yeah. positive because of what you're doing right now yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, well i think that's the thing it's a human issue it's yeah. not a church issue right the church is made yeah. up of humans yeah. mm-hmm. and so you know we ask why why be generous at, to the church? Why give to the church? It's not because the church gets it right every time, mm. but it, it's more about what the church is doing mm-hmm. and pursuing. Yeah. And and if you really are on board with that, then you have to ask yourself, what, why not mm. give to the church? Yeah. All right, we've made it a point uh, through the series, as we work through the ser- series, um, to set the foundations of generosity. If you've been here, uh, or if you haven't been here, you remember the first week we set up the foundation of God owns it all, right? God owns everything. And we also talked about the fact that we are stewards of that. We are stewards of what God has given us. Our, that is the foundation of our generosity. Um, and at the, at the you know, end of the day, God cares about our hearts in this. It's not about just setting these rules and these things in place of you have to do this or you're going to be in trouble. It's you know, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves those who are cheerful in doing that. And he has given everything that we have. And this is, it's, it's so hard. We talked about this. It's so hard to think of it as God's owning everything. You know, God owns everything. It's hard to think of it that way because I think about, well, I earned that. I did that. I did that to get this. But when we change our framework, when we think about this in a, in a new way, we see, man, God, you know, God has given me this opportunity to make this money. God's given me the opportunity to be in this job, to have the finances that I do, to have the things that I have. How do I now steward that? But at some point, we just have to talk practically through what does generosity look like for you? What does generosity for you look like? How am I, how are you, how are we being generous in our lives? If, if you just took a step back and had somebody you know, look at you in your life, would they say you're a generous person? Would that be a, 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 an attribute that is a tied to you and your name? And I think that's something that, that even, uh, that we all need to wrestle through. Of like, how am I living a life that, that shows that I care about generosity? Uh, and not to just look right or be right or, or look the part, but like, how am I expressing my love for people and for God through my generosity? When I look uh, through, through the Bible, there seems to be a common theme uh, when it comes to generosity. There seems to be a person or a group of people who are responding to a need because of their love for God. 
You know, we talked about the first week. We talked about David, King David, bringing all of his treasures. Like he literally, tons and tons of gold, we talk about this, to help build the temple. There was a need. There was a thing they were going for. But it wasn't just because of the need. It was because of his love for God. And you see that. We walked through his prayer after that. It was Second, Second Chronicles, I believe. It's one of the Chronicles. But you see this, David's praying, and you don't see someone who's giving reluctantly. You don't see someone who's trying to look the part. You don't see someone who's just like, well, we're going to f- make this happen. You see somebody who's like outwardly expressing his love for God. He's outwardly expressing, God, you, you, you are wonderful. You own it all anyways. We're just giving back. And so my desire you know, for each of us is that because of who God is to us, that we can live a life that is generous. That, that we can set the pace as, as followers of Jesus that we are generous people because of who we serve, because of who we believe in, because we are followers of Jesus. Paul in 1 Corinthians, um, well, in the Corinthians, we're going to be in the Corinthians today, but in 1 Corinthians, he, he's writing about a need that comes up. I'm going to give you a little bit of a kind of a backstory. Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem is struggling. They're going through poverty. Uh, they've fallen on hard times, uh, food shortage, economic downturn. And so Paul uh, goes on basically a fundraising mission. He's going to churches all throughout. Uh, after Jesus ascended, went to heaven, you know, the, the church begins to build. And, and Paul's going out, and he's creating these new churches all throughout the area, heading out to the Gentiles, creating these churches. And so he's going to these churches, and he comes in and he says, hey, we've got an opportunity here. I need you to start collecting money for your fellow believers in Jerusalem. They've fallen on hard times. And so in 1 Corinthians, we see him start to lay out the plans uh, for this collection. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And in the beginning, as we see this, this is now about the collection for the Lord's people, for the people in Jerusalem. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. So this is his first letter to the Corinthians. If you didn't know that, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, letters to the church from Paul. So he's writing them in 1 Corinthians saying, hey, we're going to collect, start collecting money. You talked about wanting to be a part of this. Start collecting every week, and I'm going to join you. We're going to collect. We're going to take it. We're going to help support the church and the people there. And like most things, it started off great. You know, they start collecting money. Everything's going good. But as time goes on, the, the Corinthians start to, to, to kind of slack on what they said they were going to do. And Paul hears about this. And so he, he addresses them again. He, he comes back to them in the second letter. And this is where... Uh, you know, in chapter 8, he starts to address us, but he doesn't address them how we think he might address them. If you were to, you know, send a letter to people and they start doing something and, and then they bail on what they, their commitment, you might just come out and be like, hey, you said you were going to do this. Why aren't you doing this? But he doesn't start that way. He doesn't address them that way. He actually begins by telling them about another church and what they're doing. He, he, he talks about it, the churches in Macedonia. I don't know if you guys have heard of Macedonia. The churches in Macedonia, he said, have stepped up, and they've been extremely generous. And so he starts by telling the Corinthians, this, this is how he starts. Hey, this church in, the churches in Macedonia, they've been doing great things. They've stepped up. They're being so generous. But the crazy thing about the churches in Macedonia is that they themselves are in poverty. 
the very church that Paul is using as an example to the Corinthians, and here you have the Corinthians who are, you know, fairly well means, but he's, he doesn't say, hey, why are you slacking? He says, hey, I want to tell you about this other church, these other churches in this area who, even in their poverty, they are joyful to be giving. And so we see that here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He's talking about this. He says, now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with, with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. There's a few crazy things in this, in this passage. In severe trial, they had overwhelming joy to be generous. That, that, that just sounds backwards. In the midst of very severe trials, their overflowing joy. You wouldn't have expected that, right? In, in this, the sentence it says, in the midst of a very severe trial, you don't expect the next thing to say, <laughs> their overflowing joy. It would be like, in their severe trial, they, they, they pleaded that they were unable to help at this moment. They were unable to give of themselves. They felt so bad that they couldn't help. <laughs> That's not what it says. They had overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Again, here, here we go again. Extreme poverty, and then two, two words later, rich generosity. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. And what I love most is the very first verse. Can you put the, that first verse back up? We want you to know about the grace that God has given them. The grace to be able to give in poverty. Again, I, I, I don't think, it's like, that, that doesn't even compute. Like, it's, they were graced to be able to give, to be able to give generously. And so Paul here, he doesn't come out and say to the, to the church of, of Corinth, like, you better start giving or else. You better do what you said you were going to do. No, he, he gives them a story of these, these followers of Jesus who are overjoyed to be a part of what's happening, who are overjoyed to be able to collect and support they're brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. I, he doesn't say you're going to be cursed if you don't do this. He doesn't say, you know, I'm, all this bad stuff's going to happen. You better do this. No, no, he just gives an example of people working out of their faith, working out of their trust in God, even in their lack are overjoyed and graced to be supporting the church in Jerusalem. It's, 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 it's crazy. And then he goes on. Uh, verse 8, chapter 8, verse 8. He says this to them. He says, I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his, so that you through his poverty might become rich. 
And here's my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. This is not strong-arming. This is not forcing or guilting. He's just asking them to fulfill what they said they would do, to follow through. You were excited to be a part of this. You were excited to help, to be involved in what God is doing. Finish it. Follow through. And then in chapter 9, basically chapters 8 and 9, if you want to go through this, you can, we're, we're skipping a lot today. I don't have time for it all. You can see this. But in chapter 9, he continues with this. He says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I know that, and I've said this before, anytime you talk about generosity or money, there's, there's bound to be some stuff that comes up. And you could even, uh, you know, question my motives in this whole thing. Oh, yeah, it sounds good. You're going to talk about God and all this stuff. And it, it, that's, that's, you can do that. I can't control you. I can only show you what I see as as principles and characteristics of followers of Jesus. And, and it's natural. Some of us, like I said, we've had pastors who have misquoted Scripture and used Scripture against us and guilted us and all sorts of things. But I, I want you guys to know that, that I take what I do very seriously. I, I want, there, there was a quote that I actually came across that I think encompasses even my own thoughts in this. It says, the authority of our teaching is dependent upon the authenticity of our lives. I'm going to say that again. The, the authority of our teaching is dependent upon the authenticity of our lives. It freaks me out every week to have to work through this stuff myself. I have to apply this stuff to my life as well. And if I'm not, then my words mean nothing. My words will be, they won't mean anything to you. Because, oh yeah, he gets up there and talks on nice, but then I know, you know, he does this or acts this way or does this. Like, it, it, there's a very high pressure. And, and here, here's, here's what I'll say. Our, our goal as, as leaders of press is to set an example, not of perfection, but of authentically loving and following Jesus with our lives. So I never promise to be perfect. And you all know that. You've, if you've been here long enough, you know that I'm not going to be perfect. But it's not about being perfect. It's about being authentic and loving Jesus. And so whether you believe me or not, I leave that to you. Whether you think my motives are pure, I leave that to you, but I will say that these principles that we are talking about are important. And they're important because they talk about where our heart is, about who we trust, what we put our faith in. And that is important to God. 
for Bethany and myself, we've made it a principle that the first 10% of everything we make goes to the church. It's called the tithe. You are not bound to the tithe. You can look that up if you want. I do not believe as, as, as new covenant Christians we are bound to the tithe. But I do think it's an excellent principle to live by because what it does is it, it reinforces the fact that I believe that I am a steward of what God has given me. That everything that I see come in, that the first fruits of that, I am going to set aside and say, God, you are my provider. And so I am going to show, and I'm going to back up the fact that I believe that I'm a steward of that. And so, I'm, so I do that. And Bethany and I have done that since we've been married. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you have to tithe to press church. I'm not going to do that. I'll never do that. But if you are here in a part of press church, I ask for you to at least think about the fact of how you support this community. Are you willing to support a community that is giving to you, that is supplying something to you, that is supporting the community, that is helping? That's what you support. Not because you have to do that, but because it's an expression of your faith in God. And so I'll leave that to you. I know the tithing thing comes up a lot. Actually, I would, I would encourage you, go, go research tithing. The tithe, I should say. Go research the tithe. It's, it's very interesting. There's a lot there. But I do think that, that the tithe is a great way to reinforce the fact that we are stewards of what God has given us. And when we read the story in Corinthians, this has nothing to do with the tithe. This is what's funny. If you look through the New Testament, there's very few times that the, that the word tithe even is mentioned. And when you see uh, people like Paul and Peter talking to this, the, the church, the, the, the early church, they don't talk about tithe. They talk about generosity. They reinforce the idea that God owns it all, that we are to be cheerful givers, that we are to give be generous. And so I'm not asking you to tithe. I'm asking you to be generous. And I believe that that's what God is asking of us. I believe that's what we see in Scripture. God is asking us to be generous. At the beginning of this series, I said there are a couple of main pieces to this, and we've, we've gone over a few of them already. One is the fact that this is a hard issue. It's a hard issue. What do I trust? Who do I trust? Where do I put my faith? It's a hard issue. And it's so hard to talk about this because we tend to trust these things over God. We went through the verse, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What do you treasure? Where do you treasure? That's where your finances are going. That's where your time is going. That's where your energies are going. And we have to work through that. What do I treasure most? What is most important to me? I think about this with my own time. I get off work, I come home, I'm tired. It's like, am I gonna spend time with my kids or am I gonna sit on the couch? And my selfish self says, I wanna sit on the couch. But if I say I love my kids, if I say that they're a priority in my life, then what am I doing to share, to tell them that that's actually true? Well, daddy, you tell me at bedtime that you love me. Why is it that, you know, when you get home from work, you don't? By the way, they've never said that to me, thank God. But I'm just saying, that would be terrible. Oh my gosh, that would break my heart. 
But at some point, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going to say certain things, what am I doing to make those, how, how, how am I actually showing that's true, that, I, that they're a treasure of mine, that they're important to me? And that's why, you know, we, we talked about the foundation of God owns it all and we are stewards. I'm going to continue coming back. God owns it all, we are stewards. As, as Jason said in the video, we, we care about working through these things together. About working through tough subjects that could maybe make some of us feel a little weird. Because it's good for us. And not just because it's good for us, because then we start to, to re-lens and, and look at things differently. Like this, this letter, collecting supplies just for collecting supplies, whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah, there's we, but you you blessed people. You 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 told a group of people that you've never met before that I'm thinking about you and I care enough about you to do something about it. And I I, I love <laughs> I I love this. You are all givers of joy. Our, our generosity does something. Our generosity leads to something. It's not just like, oh, okay, we'll give some money. and then No, it's like, you're a part of something. That should be motivation itself. Like, I get to be a part of something. The other piece that we talked about, you know, it's a hard issue, but the other piece is the fact that you are here part of a church body. We have a building we have to pay for AC, for lights. We have to pay to maintain the roof. We actually just got a quote for that this week. I mean, if you guys don't want to come in on a Sunday and have pools of water this you know, fall and winter, it's probably good to spend money to maintain what we've been given by God. We've been given this beautiful facility, but it costs money. We do things like you know, press kids, we pay for curriculum. We have volunteers. People give of their time because they care about the future. They care about our kids learning about Jesus. That's important. It's important to us. So we're going to put resources behind that. We care about having people see what's happening here. So we, we have streaming. You, uh, wherever you are watching, like that costs money to do because we believe in what God's doing here. And so if you're a part of this, we want you to be a part of it. We, we want you to support. This is where, biblically speaking, I can, give you, I can give you reasons why you should give. I can give you all of those things. But at the end of the day, you have to decide, is that something that's important to you? Is it important enough for you to give of your time and of your resources? And I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to work through that. As uncomfortable as that is, I am asking you to think about it. And I'm, I'm going to get really practical today. I'm actually going to give you numbers on things over this next year that we want to do. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that. I've told you that we work on a $300,000 budget. If you've been here, I've said that every week. We work on a $300,000 budget. Up until the end of August, we were at about a $7,000 deficit. Again, with the way money with churches, I mean, it's, it's ask Jason, it's, it's, it, 
fluctuates and goes up and down throughout the month. People give it different times, but but we're we're basically right in line with 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 our current budget right now. But but you guys play a part in meeting that budget. But here's here's some real tangible things. Over this next year, we've got how many things? One, two, three, about four things that we want to that we want to put uh, resources towards, and I'm going to share those with you. We have about $60,000 above our general giving that we want to raise. And the first thing is this. We've got a parking lot that needs resealed. Estimates show between twelve dollars and $15,000, probably closer to fifteen, dollars we're not going to be able to get it to this. And every year that we don't do this, those cracks get bigger, those holes get deeper. Again, maintenance. So the first thing, We've got a parking lot to resale. We don't have that 15,000 budgeted. That's, that's one thing over the next year that we would like to do. The next thing is this. We have about 17,000 in, in debt from the launch of, of Press Church. That's the only debt we have outside of the mortgage. Now, usually you don't, it's, it's not sexy to talk about debt, right? I said sexy in church, yes, get over it. <laughs> Come on, you guys say way worse, I don't. It's true, though, right? <clears throat> uh, it, it costs money to launch. And this costs us about $800 a month. Is that right, Jason? About $800, <laughs> yes. We have other people looking at it. It costs about $800 a month that we're putting towards that. If, if we had that taken care of, we have about $800 a month that we would be able to put towards other things that are reaching the community or reinforcing or uh, supporting the things that we are doing here. The next one is community connection. I put $20,000. This is something that the, the leaders have been working through. We need to do a better job of reaching our community. We are past the days that people just come check out a church if they're not Christians. They'll drive by. Yeah, they have an idea of who we are. We have to engage our community better. And this is something that we feel like we need to put finances behind. And these are finances that are over and beyond what our current budget is. And so over this next year, again, between new equipment, between, um, let's see, I wrote this down. Where is this? We want to leverage the building better. We want to have things that we do here that brings the community in. And so that takes resources. You got marketing, you got signs, banners, you got all sorts of things that go into this. We don't want to just we don't want to just be. We could, you know, we could we could stop trying, we could, you know, stop doing online services and just and you know, we we we'd meet budget and you know, whatever, everything's fine. But at some point it's like, what are we doing? If I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, what am I doing? to share that? How are we involved in doing that? And so we wanna put finances to that. The last thing is this, guest services and connection. We wanna do a better job of connecting with the people that we have here. We wanna do better at, at showing you that we care about you, that showing guests that we care about them. And so we wanna do a better job of of 
greeting the people that we have. We want to set up a connections table. We want to let you know more of what's happening and how it's happening. And this just takes money. Again, brochures, marketing, signs, banners, different things, shirts. We need to get some more press shirts. We need you guys to be wearing some of that press swag, right? Do people say swag anymore? Is swag still a thing? All the old people are like, yeah. <laughs> Everybody under 20 is like, no. <laughs> This is, this is bad because you know, like I'm getting to that age where I now, like I, I don't know the new slang. And so I, I just, I'll admit that I just don't know. I'll say swag because you know, we need some new swag. But it's like, these are things that, that cost money. This is, this is above and beyond our budget. And I am coming to you and I'm sharing with you what we would like to do over this next year. You have a choice whether or not you participate in this. But I, I will say it, it will go above and beyond what you already give to be able to make these things happen. And it's, it's really, it's, it's uncomfortable to ask of people. I'm uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable. No, I, here's, no, I'm not uncomfortable. Here's why I'm not uncomfortable. I believe in what we're doing. Not just because of me, I believe in what we're doing because of what God has done here. We have a beautiful building in the heart of Powell. We've got people who have already shown that they're generous, people who have already shown that they care. I want to do something with this. I want to be a steward of what God has given. God has given us this building. God has given us this family, this church. And I know there's people out there who need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so, yes, I'm going to ask that you support the church because I believe in what God is doing through this organization. I've heard stories, I've talked to people of how press has blessed them, of how this church has been a place for them to work through their spiritual journey, to work through some of their past issues with the church. Still working through it. There's people here that don't believe in Jesus Christ that come on Sunday mornings. To me, that's awesome. That you can come here and hear the gospel and know that you're welcome, and we, hey, I'm not ashamed. I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter where you are, you can come here and hear the gospel. That's what we want to be. I want you to engage your faith journey, and that's what you guys get to be a part of. We're not just asking for something. We're asking for you to be a part of something, and if press has blessed you, if, if press has made a difference in your life, let us know. Email us. Tell us. Let's celebrate it. I mean, the, the thing that stinks is that some of the stories are private and probably will never be able to be shared on a Sunday morning, and that's the unfortunate part. But I know that there's, there's you out there that, that has been blessed by, by this church, and if you give to this church, if you support, if you're generous to this church, you play a part in that as well. You play a part in what we do in Delaware in giving groceries to people, and more of you need to be doing that. It can't just be the leadership doing that. It can't just be Jason. We, we need, you are needed to do good. And so I, I will never be shy of asking you to do something that I think is good for you and good for the people around us because it's important. I would also say to question what you think is generous. Ooh, ouch. 
What is generous? I'm not going to tell you. I don't know your finances. But I would, I would challenge each of you, work through your budget. Budget, where are you spending your money? What's important? What's your treasure? Some of you are at a point where you, you, it is hard just to get by. And so the idea of being generous, you're like, you don't, you, don't know, you don't know my finances. You don't know my debt. You don't know what I'm working through. You're right, I don't. I don't. It's between you and God. Work through that. Think about it. It's hard, but it's good. I'm gonna close with this. Dylan, you can come up. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul's starting to, to close out this generosity sentence. He said this, he said, you will be enriched in every way so you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I, I love the section that he's talking about. He's talking about God enriching us. And, and, but, but look at that. He's enriching so that what? So that you can be generous on every occasion. He's not enriching us. He's not blessing us just so that we have more. Enriching us. He's not blessing us. He's blessing us so that we can be a blessing to others. He's blessing us so that we can give more to be generous. And then what's it going to do? Results in thanksgiving to God. What is your generosity resulting in? I've said this before. I don't want to look back on my life and be like, what more could I have given? Why didn't I, why didn't I give more? Why didn't I share more? Why didn't I give him my time? Why didn't I, like, all right, so I went out and bought that extra thing, and then a couple years later, I end up throwing it away anyways. What's important to us? You've got one life. YOLO, right? YOLO. Be more generous. That's what it should be. So instead of like going out and living like all these things for yourself, it should be YOLO, be generous. Like, right? You only live once, let's do something with it. Instead of just mine, mine, mine. I feel like there's a movie or something that I'm thinking. It's like, I want to be a part of something. I want to be a part of what God's doing. And if, if, this, if this feels like me trying to guilt you, I'm not, like, you cannot give, fine. That's between you and God. But I'm, I am, I'm encouraging you, be a part of something. Step out. Wouldn't it be great in a year from now, new blacktop, no debt, people coming in, engaging the community, seeing lives changed, even more than what's already happening now, like, that's, that's exciting. And you get to be a part of that. Why not? That's what Jason said at the end of the video. Why not? What's the worst that's going to happen? Well, I don't have as much expendable income to, like, fine, go to Starbucks. Go to, I mean, I, I want to demonize things just to, like, it's all fine. Do it. Check your heart. What's important to you? Where's your treasure? good things to work through. I don't think I have anything else. I probably do. I could probably, I could probably keep talking. I think I'll, I'll, I'll close like this. 
and it's kind of similar to what I've already said. I want to be open-handed with what God has given me. And I am challenging you as people of Press Church, maybe this is your first time watching online or here, maybe it's not, maybe you've been here, but I'm challenging you to be a part of what's happening here. And I'm gonna be unashamed in doing that because I believe in what God's doing. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would motivate each of us to trust you more. God, that in the things that you've given us, that you would help us open our hands even more. Not because we are told to, not because we're guilted and think you're going to hate us or we're not going to be saved if we don't, but God, that we would be joyful to be a part of what you are doing, that we would have joy knowing that our generosity is doing something, is accomplishing something. And God, I pray for each of us today in this next week and next weeks that we would be able to, to kind of think through how can I be generous? What are the places that I can, can give and trust you? And God, may we celebrate the lives changed because of that. May we celebrate the thanksgiving to you. God, we love you, and we thank you for this time together. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand, and let's continue to sing and worship together. Sing